0: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action
1: to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit Instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Hey, this is Orlando Alzagari from WQAM in Miami, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show.
1: Coming up on the Jake Brown Show, the Jets are going to go 0-16. The Mets trade Jay Bruce to the Indians, but was it a good move? Deshaun Watson makes his debut and looks good. Joe West suspended. Devontae Freeman got paid. And Colin Kaepernick, a rally? Really? All that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on the Jake Brown Show. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Hello. All the way up. Welcome to the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play it Podcast Network. You can subscribe, rate, and review to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and you can follow us on Spotify as well. My name is Jake Brown. You can follow me at Jake Brown Radio and follow the show on Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram at Jake Brown Show. A lot to get into. It's good to be back a little bit later than normal this week. Earlier in the week, you heard Snow, the product, the female rapper from the West Coast, killing it out there. The only female Mexican rapper goes bar to bar with anyone. Check that interview out. And also, you heard uh, Glenn Big Baby Miller. You heard Jarrell Big Baby Miller the future heavyweight champion of the world, join us earlier in the week. Check that interview out as well by going to play.it slash Brown, iTunes, or Spotify. Coming up on the show today, later on, we'll talk with the host of the Big O Show, Orlando Alzugare from Miami down in South Beach. Uh, he's on the air as we are recording this, but once he's off the air, we're going to give him a call and he'll join us to talk. Miami Dolphins, Jay Cutler, and his $10 million, $10 million. And with $3 million in incentives, was it a good move? Should they have gone with Matt Moore? Also, should they have gone with Colin Kaepernick, who I want to talk about in a second? The Mets trade Jay Bruce to the Indians. I want to discuss that Deshaun Watson made his preseason NFL debut last night and looked very good. A guy that I have been so high on that if I were the Jets, I would have picked him in a heartbeat. But of course, it's the Jets, so they won't do it the right way. And Devontae Freeman becomes the highest paid running back in the NFL at $8 million a year. We'll talk about that as well. You know what? Let's start with baseball because it is baseball season and the Mets do trade Jay Bruce and you know what? It's a guy who in seven weeks isn't going to be on the team, at least not playing in the playoffs. Maybe he comes back next year. But for the Mets, this deal didn't make a lot of sense because, one, if you keep him through the season and hand him a qualifying offer and he says, no, you're going to get a draft pick compensation. You're going to get a pick that could most likely be better than Ryder Ryan. No relation to Rex or Rob. The single A minor league reliever that the Mets got from the Cleveland Indians for Jay Bruce, who had a 4.79 ERA. A guy who strikes out a lot, has a good strikeout to walk ratio, but wasn't even in the top 30 prospects for the Indians. Not in baseball, he wasn't on the Indians' top 30 prospects. The Mets got a couple of top 30 prospects for Addison Reed. So the deal makes sense in terms of, yeah, you should get something for him before he walks away, but this is a situation where you could have got a draft pick for him, and the best you could get was a low-level A prospect for a guy who's ninth in the league in homers with 29, one of the most powerful hitters right now in baseball, a guy who has been a huge part of the Mets' season that has been lost. And the best you could get for him... Was a guy with a nearly five-year in the minor leagues. Listen, he could, be, he could turn out to be the next oh, Trevor Hoffman. Who knows? He could be great. But Sandy Alderson has to do better and could have done better. As it was heard that the Yankees would have gave the Mets a few prospects that were going to be better than Ryder Ryan. But the Wilpons, who are in New York, owning a team in a major market, playing it as they're a mid-major market. And do this deal in order to save money for the rest of the season. Save them a few million. Because a few million to the Mets right now is a lot. A few million to us is a lot. But we're talking about a major league franchise in New York City. And them saving money was more important to them. Oh, the Yankees didn't want to eat the $5 million remaining on Jay Bruce's contract. You're going to say that that was important? Two months of money? You really had to save? A, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Because you want to build for the future and you want to get pieces that could help you next year and, and years beyond... And the guy the Mets got in return won't help you till like 2020. At least in the retrade, they get a reliever who could be on the roster in September and will likely be on the roster in 2018. In Callahan, in this situation, you have a guy who's not going to be here till the Trump presidency is over. So it's it it's strange. But it's just you're used to it now. And you're used to Sandy Alderson making weird moves and the Wilpons making weird moves time to time. I thought he did well in the Lucas Duda trade getting Drew Smith and a reliever who throws a 98 who could be on the roster next year. I thought he did good in the retrade and getting three relievers who will be part of the future plans. I thought he did good in trading two prospects to get AJ Ramos, who will be your close the rest of this year and will be on the team under control next year. But this deal's like, what? what are you doing, bro? It's not the end of the world. Jay Bruce might have not been back next year, and guess what? He can still come back. The Mets can still sign him in the offseason if they would like, as he is a free agent. But the draft compensation you're getting for whoever signs Jay Bruce is worth more than Ryder Ryan just by looking at the numbers, by looking at the fact that he was a 30th-round pick. So a very, I don't know, bizarre trade by the Mets when you think that the Yankees would have gave them more. And I, I don't know if it was something about, I'm assuming it was the money, spending the $5 million versus the $1 million or whatever it may be. But it truly concerns you that the Mets are more worried about that for two months. It really does. So Juan Lagares will replace Jay Bruce on the roster. He is back from the disabled list, as the Mets are in Philly, for irrelevant games. The games don't really matter. The thing now is, this better mean for the Mets that Dominic Smith is here this weekend. I know Lagares is replacing him on the roster, but enough of Wilmer Flores at first and testing Neil Walker at first and doing all this garbage that means nothing for the 2018 season. You want to see what Dominic Smith has, and you want to see what he has right now. Hello. You you need to see if this kid is your 2018 first baseman or not. Because if he's not, you're gonna have to go out and get one. And uh, the sample size is getting shorter and shorter and shorter to see what you have in your in your best prospect outside Rosario. It's getting the time is just fading away. So the Indians get a steal. They get Jay Bruce for a playoff run as they try to win the AL here, which is wide open. I still think the Red Sox are going to win it, but you cannot argue that the Indians could win this thing now. You cannot argue that the Astros can win this thing now. You have the Astros, the Indians, and the Red Sox. And the Yankees have done enough to approach that conversation. So good on the Indians for getting this done. They said, hey, we'll pay it. If we got to give you a guy that we don't give a flying, you know what about to get a guy who's hitting thirty homers this year, thirty-five? Bruce, who if has a good, he has a good last six weeks, could hit forty. I'll sign up for it every day of the week, and twice on Sundays. So Jay Bruce to the Indians as the Mets rebuild continues, and we'll see if Dominic Smith finally gets a call up. Brizziu has has not looked great. But it's so early, I'm not going to judge the guy after a week. And he did have two triples, made a nice defensive play yesterday. Uh, he's showing signs. He's got a couple of things to work on with his swing. You can see is a little bit long. I, I can't break down a swing like Keith Hernandez or Ron Darling. But you can tell he has shown signs, but he's shown signs that he's got stuff to work on. And that's why you, this is the time to do it, iron out the kinks. It's the time to iron out the kinks with Dominic Smith. We'll see if there's any other August deals that get done as training camp ha- is here in the NFL and for the second straight off-season, Colin Kaepernick, that's K-A-E-P-E-R-N-I-C-K, takes over all the headlines. I mean, it's another year of Kaepernick. And for Christ's sake, they have a rally for the guy and spell his name wrong on the damn flyer. Oh, come to the league offices. Let me tell you about this, folks. One, they're holding a rally on August 23rd. They're promoting it now. Colin Kaepernick, for all we know, could be signed by then. It hasn't happened yet, but if there's an injury in camp, if Flacco's still down, I mean, Kaepernick could be signed. And then, what do you, cancel the rally? Spike Lee already tweeted it out. Spike Lee promoted the rally. He is not in charge of the rally, who's in charge of the rally, seems like it's Iron Man and and Daredevil, Justice League NYC. Is Spider-Man going to show up at the rally? Is it going to get the guys from Times Square and get all the superheroes showing up? The Justice League is here. Don't worry, guys. Colin Kaepernick will get signed because the Justice League is here. Pat, you're shaking your head. Spider-Man is an Avenger, not Justice League. I'm sorry. Spider-Man's an Avenger. What do I know? (laughs) So who's in the damn Justice League? Captain America? No, he's an Avenger, too. God damn it. Justice League is the Flash, Aquaman. Oh, um, even better. Aquaman. Superman, Wonder Woman. Okay, so Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman are going to show up and save Colin Kaepernick. Can people get a clue? One, spell his name right. Two, don't hold a rally two weeks after when it could be done. And now you want to have people, 130,000 supporters, boycott the NFL because Colin Kaepernick hasn't got signed. There are players beating women. There's Ezekiel Elliott potentially facing a suspension. There's half the Cowboys' roster. Facing suspension. They are getting fined because they have three guys suspended. There's players in jail. There's 110 of 111 former players tested who have CTE. There are players playing with concussions. Yet we're worried that Colin Kaepernick has not signed a contract. Let me tell you, a backup quarterback has not signed a contract. Listen, I think Colin Kaepernick should start for the Jets right now with how bad they are. That's not the direction they want to go in, which makes sense. Of course I think Colin Kaepernick should be signed as a backup, not as a starter in the NFL. Of course I think that. But how are you going to boycott the NFL over a backup not getting signed who didn't stand for the national anthem and caused all sorts of controversy last year? Do I think it's a race thing at all? Maybe it is a little bit. But I just don't think, one, he has the talent, and two, there hasn't been a fit. I think he should go to the Ravens for sure. But enough for me to boycott the NFL to see a guy on a roster who may not even play one single freaking game next season? You have got to be kidding me. How about you 130,000 people get your head out of your ass and realize what the real issues are in the league? Concussions, CTE, domestic violence. Were you boycotting the NFL when Ray Rice hit his girl in the elevator? Were you boycotting the NFL When that cowboy, who is the Cowboys' defensive tackle who uh, who was suspended? The uh, look that up, the former Forty Nine er, Ezekiel Elliott pulling a girl's shirt down, Ezekiel Elliott, all sorts of issues now. Were you boycotting the NFL, man? Were you boycotting Johnny Manziel? No, 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 no. But you're gonna hundred and thirty thousand people say you're gonna boycott the NFL and don't watch it. Don't watch it. We don't want you to watch it. Don't watch the friggin' sport. We don't need you. You're a bunch of bums. Give me a real reason. Tell me you're not watching it because you're worried about head trauma. I respect that reason more than I say, oh, a backup quarterback hasn't got signed, guys. I'm I'm not going to watch anymore. And guess what? I think Kaepernick should have been signed. But for me, it's, it's not affecting me and love of the game. I don't think he's being blackballed. I think eventually he's going to get signed. But let's relax. Let's understand what really matters in the game. Let's stop domestic violence. Let's stop the ridiculous Ridiculous penalties that there are for marijuana in the league. Guys smoke day in and day out in the NBA. And they couldn't give a flying you-know-what. Adam Silver couldn't care if J.R. Smith was getting high in the locker room. But in the NFL, if you're getting high, you're out for the season. Yet the NFL is the sport where you would need weed the most to deal with some of these injuries that go, go on every day. To deal with the pain that comes with the game. How about boycotting that? Boycott what really matters. Because guess what? Weed should be legal in the NFL. Most of these guys smoke it. They know when they're getting drug tested. That's when they stop. If they don't, they'll take a one of those drinks that gets it out of your system. That shouldn't be an issue, especially with more states. I mean, we're talking about the Denver Broncos, where they could go to spend. They could go to a store and go buy weed. They could go buy edibles at a store in Denver. Other states, they could go to a store and just pick it up. Yet it's illegal. How about you change that policy? Some people, man, just priorities got to be straighter. The NBA, I mean, if you get caught, even if you do get suspended for smoking, it's like a week. It's like nothing. They just don't care because they know seventy-five percent of the NBA smokes weed. The NFL probably the same. But once you get caught, you're screwed. Now, guess what? You can argue with me the fact that these guys are idiots who get caught. Who gets suspended? Josh Gordon clearly clearly had a problem. You can argue with me. Hey, they know when they're getting tested. How are you going to fail? And that I respect that hundred percent. But I also think it is needed in a sport where the pain and trauma and I mean the CTE issue. I think marijuana would heal a lot of problems in the league and save a lot of players. The, or were you thinking of Greg Hardy? Greg Hardy, yes. So we didn't. We weren't. We weren't. We weren't not watching the league because of Gray Hardy. Who who is basically a convict. Like, we weren't watching the league, right? But but we're we're gonna turn it off because a backup quarterback hasn't got signed. But again, stop. Just I mean, go rally, have fun in the NFL headquarters. I hope. To God that this guy gets signed in the next week. Maybe it will still rally. Oh, he's not starting. Meh, 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 meh. Jesus Christ. Again. Let these guys smoke the ganja. Let them do it. Don't even test for it. As long as they're not getting high before games. As long as they're not getting high before press conferences and stuff like that. Let them do it. Let them deal with their pain in that way. Let them deal with their pain with smoking instead of hitting a woman. That's what should be frowned upon in our country. Con- playing with a concussion should be frowned upon. The concussion protocol has worked a little bit better, but guys still do play with concussions. And I think that is an issue. And that's why we see people like, we see boomer sides and saying, hey, I probably have CT. Guy doesn't even know. That's scary. That's scary to think the things that are going on in these guys' mind when they're 40 and 50 and 60 or whatever and beyond. It's it's a scary thought, and that's where I should be focused, not on backup quarterbacks. This is the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio. It's played on it, iTunes and Spotify. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk Miami Dolphins with the Big O Show host on 560 W-Q- WQAM in Miami, Orlando Azugare. You can follow him on Twitter at Big O Show. He'll join us for the final segment where we'll talk Jay Cutler and why not Colin Kaepernick. And Jay Cutler gets $10 million. Dude's nude on the beach. The next day he's got $10 million in his pocket. And he said, luckily as a quarterback, you don't have to be in the best cardiovascular shape. Pretty dumb quote there. Quarterback positions. You got to run around like a madman. We're not going to be seeing much running from Jay Keller. And he said, yeah, I was loving it at home. I was relaxing with the kids. Of course. He's got a hot-ass wife. He's got kids. He was living the dream. About to get millions from Fox. I was just preparing for my Fox role. You know what preparing for his Fox role means? It means he was bagging his wife and he was on vacation all summer. And he said he was... He was he was playing uh, basketball with his kids. Jay Cutler, why wouldn't he take $10 million? And you know his wife was sick of him. I mean, Jay Cutler's wife even said he needs to get out. I mean, he said she was the biggest influence. And I think Jay Cutler in Miami is, is good. I think he's better than Colin Kaepernick. I'll, I'll say that. And I think the issue is Matt Moore cannot play an entire season. Matt Moore is a fill-in quarterback. He is not a guy they want to see for 16 games, and no one in South Beach wants to see for 16 games, because if they do, they'll be in South Beach and not in the stadium. They could throw Ken Stabler in his prime out there, and the Patriots are still winning this division in a landslide. The Dolphins aren't very good, the Bills aren't very good, and the team I'm about to talk about is even worse. In the name of Mother Teresa, folks, the New York Jets are going to be one of the worst teams in the history of the National Football League this year. When we think of, a word that I love, when we think of iconic bad teams, when we think of just miserable football teams, in NFL history, the New York Jets will be right up there with teams like the Owen 16 Dan Orlovsky, 2008 Detroit Lions. Who had the most losses in NFL history at Owen 16 The Jets are, oh my goodness. I bet my friend $100 the Jets will win four or less games and I have, couldn't think of a bet any smarter in American history. That is a smarter bet than Mayweather beating McGregor, 100%. There is more of a chance that Conor McGregor beats Floyd May- Mayweather. There's a, Let's say this. There's a better chance that Conor McGregor beats Floyd Mayweather than there is the chance that the New York Jets, Jets win more than four games. And I think that is saying something. And if you don't believe me, let me tell you who will be starting the season If healthy for the New York Jets, because their number one receiver, who's not even a number one receiver on any other roster in the league, Quincy Anunua, is now out for the season. Let's just tell you who, for at least one game or half of one or one quarter of one, that Josh McCown will be throwing to. And those guys include Robbie Anderson, a number three or four receiver on any other roster, Jalen Marshall, a number three or four receiver on any other roster. And the other guys I'm about to tell you, if you know who they are, God bless your soul, you're a bigger football fan than I am. Sharon Peake. Ardarius Stewart. Gabe Marks, who sounds like the CEO of a company. Chris Harper, no relation to Bryce. Chad Hansen. Miles White, Frankie Hammond, and none other than lucky, not so lucky Whitehead. The only thing the New York Jets have going on that offense is Matt Forte and Bilal Powell. The tight ends are one, a guy with a DUI, Austin Safarian Jenkins, who is eh, okay, Eric Tomlinson. And the rookie now, Jordan Leggett. And if Josh McCown ain't throwing them the ball, if he gets hurt like he always does every year, I'm sorry, thank you, Josh McCown. Thank you for your daughter being tutored by my mother. Thank you for paying my mom to tutor your daughter. She's a great tutor. It might be Christian, the biggest hack, Hackenberg, throwing them the football. And Christian Hackenberg is already throwing picks in training camp. And when I hear those stories, when I hear these stories, and I think they're annoying when they come out this early of training camp interceptions, but when you hear it day in and day out that a guy can't throw the ball in training camp, it is a sign of a natural disaster. It's like South Korea, North Korea dropping nukes on the U.S., although Trump says we're good. So let's enjoy a couple of these last couple of Jake Brown shows before the world comes to an end. But it boggles my mind how bad this Jets team is. And if you want to say, oh, they're okay in the secondary, if you really think Morris Claiborne was a good signing, you're crazy. And Buster Screen's all right. They have Sheldon Richardson, Mom, and Wilkerson, and Leonard Williams, a nice front line in the 4-3, but that's it. That's all the Jets have going for them. I honestly don't think they'll win two games. They might not even one win one game. The New York Jets could go 0-16. The only thing I think that they could win one is because you always scratch out a win somehow in the NFL. There's a reason that only one team has got 0-16, and that was Dan Orlovsky. Let's be real. That Lions team is terrible. The Lions were the first non-expansion team to lose... Every game in a full season since World War II, it's only fitting we're we're on the horizon of World War III. I mean, we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have the first team since World War II to go in sixteen, and now we're gonna have the first team in World War III to go in sixteen in the New York Jets. I mean, it, it only makes sense. You laugh, but it's true. That's perfect, man. The New York Jets will lead us into a World War III at 0-16. And the youngsters coming from McCown don't look pretty. Bryce Petty, not so pretty. Christian Hackenberg, not so pretty. I always forget his name, but how? I I just want to call him Hack. That's all you got to call him. But my God, do not take a look at the Jets depth chart because your eyes will burn. You truly will be a depressed person trying, I mean, you have to do a lot of research when you look at the Jet Step chart. You have to look into it and think to yourself, is this real life? That's what you have to think. And then you realize when you see it, you're like, nope, this isn't real. It's a scary, scary thought. The Jets, the Giants are going to be the kings of New York this year with Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham. I think the Giants have a legit chance to win the NFC. I think they're going to be right up there as one of the favorites to win the NFC. Of course, the Packers and the Falcons probably have a better chance, but the Giants are going to be in the conversation. The Jets will be in the conversation for the number one pick, and now they say, hey, do we want Rosen? Do we want Darnold? Who do we want? And it's so clear that they're tanking for that. And if that fails, what do you do? And also, in typical Jets fashion, I mean, you know they're going to end up missing out on the first pick. You know it. Because you know what they do best? You play to win the game. And they're going to play to win a couple. And if they do, they might lose out to maybe Cleveland or someone else at that first pick, and I think Cleveland will be better than the Jets. I really do, and that's not saying much. I'm not. That's not an outlandish statement. But good golly, Miss Molly, the Jets are bad, and a reason, a big reason too, that they will be even worse, is the decision in the draft, and I said it over and over again, to not draft Deshaun Watson. How do you not pick him? I know. It's, it's one game. Let's relax. But Deshaun Watson will be the real deal in this league. And I don't know why teams overlooked him. I really thought he should have been a top five, top ten pick. He goes in the top 15 to the Texans. And I love the decision by the Texans, especially with the team. You can insert him in there immediately. And their defense is so good that if Watson could just play smart, He's going to be good. And he's got a great team to be on to make it happen. I really like him. I think he's a playmaker. I think his pick numbers will go down. And he could run with the football. I mean, there's so much this kid could do, and he's just getting started. Give him a couple of years, and I think Deshaun Watson, if he has the right team around him, I see Deshaun Watson being a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He was a winner in college. At Clemson, where he won a title. He played four years, which you don't see anymore. He wrote it out. He's smart. You stay in school. You get better. He progressed. He has more than that one or two years experience that we see. And he's going to be the real deal. He made his debut like 15 for 25, 179 yards. Nothing crazy, but looked good. And it's preseason, so let's... Not say much, but I've said this about him always. I think he's going to be really good in this league. He can win games for the Houston Texans. Devontae Freeman, he'll also help win games for the Falcons. He becomes the highest paid running back in the NFL, a five-year $40 million deal. Isn't it weird how it works in the NFL? We're $8 million a year as the highest paid running back. A league that used to be running back oriented. And man, have they taken a back page in this league. David Carr, and I do this every freaking time. Derek Carr. I always say David. I'm always thinking of his worst brother. Derek Carr will be making $25 million a year, the most in the league. A guy who hasn't even played in a playoff game. Because remember, he was hurt when the Raiders made the playoffs. Derek Carr will make 28 million a year and Devontae Freeman will make eight. I don't want to compare a quarterback and a running back, but if you're a running back, you could be mad at the fact that there's guys making over a million a game and you're making a million every two games. You can't be that mad because you're still richer than most people in this country. But the running backs in this league have not making are not making the money that they really should. And you see receivers making more than running backs. You see some cornerbacks making more than running backs. And that's just the way the league. It's a quarterback-driven league where the quarterbacks are going to get paid a boatload and the running backs will get paid secondhand. I understand it. You get it. But it was weird reading that that was the biggest contract. There's also just not as many good running backs as there used to be. And the good ones have gotten older, like an Adrian Peterson. So that was funny to me to read, to be like, oh, $8 million a year is the highest paid running back? That seems very low. Like, really? Hello? Like It didn't, it didn't make sense to me. But either way, Devontae Freeman is earning bucks quick. For the fact that he can not only be a running back, but be a receiver. A guy who has made catches out of the backfield, then he's explosive. And when we think of the best running backs in the game, he's not the guy that comes up, yet he's cashing out. And it's really all about timing now. Is Derek Carr the best quarterback in the league? No. But he played well at the right time, in an era where guys are getting paid a boatload, not just in the NFL, but in MLB and NBA, as salaries and collective bargaining agreement changes and money just rises through the roof raise the roof the roof is on fire it's all about timing and Derek Carr is in the perfect time he said you know what I'm cashing out 25 million a year think about that every game he steps on the field he will make over 1 million dollars it's like he's on Beach Shazam every week except he can win more I mean, be Shazam, you could win a million. Shout out to Jamie Foxx, though. But that's impressive. This is the Jake Brown show. Play it out it, slash Jake Brown iTunes and Spotify. Earlier in the week, you heard Snow, the product, the rapper from Cali, Mexican female rapper who is dope. If you haven't heard her, check her out. She's incredible. Um, and she she was a really good interview. Also, uh, I keep saying Glenn, Jarell, Big Baby Miller, joined us. That future heavyweight and the champion of the world next week. We should have. They had to cancel today because they lost their voices in the studio. Grammy award-winning duo Play and Skills. Another English-Spanish thing. I am on my Spanish kick, and I might just have to have every Spanish artist on this damn show. I need to Rosetta Stone it up. I need to I need to call my shorty Rosetta and learn some Spanish. Because I've been listening to so much Spanish music that I have no idea what it means. I can't sing it. I can't say it, but I could dance to it. And at some point you just gotta learn the language. So you're not just dancing. You're singing. And I don't want to just be singing despacito, pasito, pasito, suave, suavecito, oh man, oh me buggy, baguito, boquito. Like, all right. I can do that, but so can Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber can't memorize it. He says, Dorito, Dorito, Cool Dorito. So I need to learn how to sing Spanish music and what it means outside of Despacito. The most played song in YouTube history. Isn't that the most played video in YouTube history? Isn't that amazing? That amazes me. There's some great content on YouTube. But Despacito is the most played thing. And I hate, let me tell you this. I hate people who play YouTube at parties and like go on YouTube at a party where they put on YouTube. They're like, oh, let me DJ. And they say, go to YouTube. I'm like, I just want to slap them across the face. That is one of the biggest pet peeves in my life. People who will do that anywhere and especially if you're at a party or something. Do not, life tip, life tip, life tip. Real talk, real talk. Don't ever come to me or anyone else and go to YouTube to play a song. Unless you're showing me that the music video is great, and in the case of Marmalade with Lil Yachty and Macklemore, which if you haven't seen it and it is sports related, so we could talk about it here, you need to watch it. It has, so, great song by the way. And it has they go. It's so it's two kids. It's basically the kid version of Macklemore and the kid version of Lil Yachty, driving around Macklemore's car through the city, and they drive past Lil Yachty who's looking down. And they they they're so small that they sneak so they don't see him. They go to steal Tom Brady's jersey like from the Super Bowl. What happened? And they they pass by a room where the deflating footballs. The shot of Brady. They take the jersey, not a Patriots jersey because you know how it is with copyright stuff. They take the jersey, they bring it to Marshawn Lynch's house. They give the Brady jersey to Marshawn Lynch, and he says to the two kids, all right, pool's out back, go, go have fun. The kids go to the pool out back and invite everyone in town. Marshawn Lynch is like, I got that mofo. Uh, this is Brady. You got to love Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, who hit on a reporter on NFL Network live and cursed, which is just peak Marshawn Lynch. And these kids text all their friends, they're like, we're at Marshawn's house, come through. And all these kids show up at Marshawn Lynch's backyard for a pool party. They're the slip and slide. But just everything in the video is incredible. That is a situation where you can come up to me and it's acceptable to go to YouTube and play that. Any other situation, get out the front door. Go to Spotify and go to iTunes, you cheap bastards with your Pandora. If you like Pandora and the whole fact that it's random and you don't know what's coming, I can respect it. But can you really, are you too poor to drop $10 a month to get unlimited music? This is 2017, folks. Enough of the YouTube to MP3s and enough of Pandora. Get on iTunes, get on Spotify, and while you're there, subscribe to The Jake Brown Show. Shameless plug. A couple more minutes before we go to the Big O Show, Orlando Alzugre, to talk Miami Dolphins and Jay Cutler and Colin Kaepernick. Joe West suspended three games, the umpire. Called out Adrian Beltre. Called him the biggest complainer in Major League Baseball. And you have got to suspend him for that. And I'm glad they did. Honestly, should have been suspended longer. And here's why. You can't compromise the game of baseball with a Tim Donahue-esque situation. You can't compromise the game and have umpires calling out players because now when Joe West is umpiring a Texas Rangers game, he's going to be biased against Adrian Beltre. And now that this comment comes out, you have to say to yourself, you can't have him umpire a Rangers game with Adrian Beltre playing anymore. You just can't do it because it wouldn't be fair. And this is why umpires have to stay mum, because you have to be as even ground as possible. And when this kind of stuff comes out, you're worried. This stuff is what saved for after the umpires retire, where they write a book for messing up a perfect game with Armando Galarraga. That is when you can say whatever. You're done. All right. Call this guy and complain. But in the middle of your umpiring career to call out a guy, I don't care what source or reporter you say it to, You can't do that. You cannot compromise the game. Three games, eh, whatever. Probably should have got like a week. But don't ruin the game. Don't pull a Tim Donahue. No one wants to be Tim Donahue. So I was glad that they acted upon that and didn't just find him, but you suspend him, even though three games is not much. We talked Kaepernick. We talked Joe West. We talked Devontae Freeman. We talked Deshaun Watson, Jay Bruce to the Indians as the Mets. Tank away. The Jets will tank away. Uh, baseball, the Yankees and Royals duking it out, but the Mariners, Rays, and Orioles are right there. The Orioles and Twins are a game and a half back. Angels are two. The Mariners and Rays tied with the Royals for that second wild card, and that mediocre wild card race in the American League is as tight as possible. The Rangers are three and a half back under and The Blue Jays are four back under five hundred. Meanwhile, we look through some of the divisional races. The NL East is done with the Nationals. The NL West is done and was done, with the Dodgers just running away with baseball right now. It's 70-80 wins. The Cubs are up one and a half on the Brewers, and the Cubs are going to win that division, but the Brewers are sticking around. The Cardinals at two games back are sticking around. And the Pirates a couple games back are also sticking around. The East, the Yankees are sticking around, but the Red Sox have a four-game lead. The Red Sox are winning that division. The Yankees will just have to hope for that home field in the wild-card game, and then I guess you throw Sonny Gray out there. The Indians now will open up and win this AL Central. Jay Bruce, such a big bat for them. and such a great deal for them, as I said before. You love it. You love the deal if you're a Cleveland Indians fan. The Twins five games back, they start to get out of that race. But again, a game and a half, that wild card is just bunched up. And the AL West has been over with the Astros. That's 71 wins. But the wild card race will be fun. But again, Red Sox are closing out that division the Indians will close that division out the Cubs will eventually you think close out the division but you really just can't count the Cardinals ever and the Brewers are just hanging by a thread now maybe we'll see some more waiver deals get done but there's some there's some competitive baseball there's a lot of top heavy teams and then mediocre teams but there will be competitive baseball in the final weeks, which you always love to see, at least for that wild card. I don't think a lot of them, a couple of these division races that are close now will be that close come September as the better teams start to make a name for themselves. Also, I'll say this now Kristen McCaffrey in this will be a superstar in the NFL in a couple of years. This kid is too explosive not to be. Him and Deshaun Watson will be stars in the NFL. Zach Randolph was arrested on marijuana charges. I guess it was drug possession. It's a felony with the intent to sell. I don't know if that means it seems like the people with him maybe or they found a large group of people smoking and blocking the roadway. I mean, just a dumb move by Randolph. Like, smoke in your house. Don't be doing that out in the streets. So Randolph was arrested. Carmelo says he won't waive his no trade of the Pelicans. Why would he, if he's not going to go to the Cleveland Cavs, why would he waive it for the Pelicans? I wrote a reaction to that on the thenicksblog.com. You can check out. um, Sure, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo on paper is a a solid team, but it's the Western Conference. They're not there with the Rockets. They're not there with the Warriors, and maybe not even the Spurs. So you can understand Melo not wanting to go to a small market in New Orleans and go to the Pelicans – it seems like Rockets or Knicks. He's starting the season. One of those two. Where is he going to go? I, I say the Knicks keep him. There's just not a good deal on the table unless it's Eric Gordon and Trevor Reese. As I've said over and over again, the Rockets traded away too many pieces in the Chris Paul trade to give the Knicks much. And I don't think they're even going to give a reason Gordon. They might give one of the two, but not both. But money just doesn't match up. You have to do it through through the real GM. You have to You have to do it through the salary. You have to pretend you're the GM. You can't just throw out players. The numbers have to match. And there's not many ways the numbers will match without Ryan Anderson's ridiculous $20 million a year contract in any deal. And nobody wants that freaking contract. Good shows this week and we'll wrap up this show with the host of the Big O Show on 560 WQAM in Miami, Orlando Alzugare. Follow him on Twitter at Big O Show. He joins us for the final segment right here on the Jake Brown Show on It itunes and spotify we're checking out listen to big o next Peace.
0: welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it
1: and we are back on the jake brown show on cbs radio's play.it podcast network itunes and spotify jake brown radio jake brown show social media on the line with us now, he's his talents have been taken to South Beach. He is the host on CBS Radio's 560 WQAM from 10 to 2, and he's on serious. He's, I mean, I don't know how he's even has time to do the interview. The Miami FC Stadium announcer, Dolphins postgame, uh, Orlando Alzugary. I'm glad you uh, were able to make time with your busy schedule. How you doing, man?
0: Well, you remember that living color uh, um, um, segment uh, that they always had that skit with all the Jamaicans that they had like eight jobs, and they used to laugh at the guy that only had six jobs and that kind of stuff. I, well, that's me. I'm just I'm just one of those guys, and the only way you survive in this business is by having like eight jobs.
1: Well, I respect that. I, I could say I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm 26, so I probably did not watch that show. <laughs> uh, but I, I know I I know what you're saying with all the jobs and everything, and I mean you're all over the place. You're down in Miami, and mad. I mean, every time I hear the name Orlando, I think of I don't know if you know the Dodgers song, uh, an old song. This is actually
0: Orlando Cepeda. <laughs> you talk about that.
1: that Orlando Cepeda is a yeah, bat exactly. with the bases jammed. I love that. The
0: best, uh, best part was uh, when I was working in San Francisco years ago. Uh, Cepeda lives there, and and the place I used to work at, he used to visit every once in so, a uh, while. So I used to actually be able to talk to him and and got to know him a little bit. Really nice guy. So I uh, definitely know the song and I know the man.
1: Orlando verse Orlando, um, down in Miami, things are getting interesting as Jay Cutler. Uh, he puts some clothes on. He covers his covers his ass up. Uh, puts a jersey on. Uh, right. Leaves his hot wife, and he is down in South Beach and gets ten million to do it. Uh, what was the initial reaction down there when uh, Cutler signed with the Dolphins?
0: It was you know mixed. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of understand the method behind the madness because of the relationship, and and obviously Cutler had one of his most efficient years uh... under under uh... adam gase Mm -hmm. so i mean look the the kaepernick story was out there and everything else but i think overall people are understanding that this was a complete football decision and look i have i've covered this business now for twenty seven years if there's something i've learned about coaches is that they love familiarity they love to work with somebody that they know that's why you see coaches get recycled a lot because if they've worked with other guys in the past and there's a comfort zone, they're going to bring the known coach in and the unknown coach in. And the same thing with players. If they've had success with players in the past and they're in a bind, they're going to lean on people that they know. And, and this, is, this is the devil you know instead of going in and getting the devil you don't know. So I think most people understood why Cutler is here.
1: Do you expect him to be effective here? Obviously, I mean, he's been in the playoffs before. We know him. he throws a lot of picks, but he could he's a gunslinger. Uh, do, do people expect him to c- come out of retirement here and just start winning games?
0: Well, see, I don't know about other people, but I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because in 2015, when he accumulated 22 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, that was a year that one Brandon Marshall was not on the team anymore. He was, in, he was with the Jets at that time. Matt Forte got injured, and I I think he only played like uh, eight or nine games or something like that. Jeremy Langham was a guy that uh, became the the featured back by the end of the season, and Alshon Jeffrey only played nine games in that year. So they had a slew of players come in and out at the wide receiver and running back spot, and yet they were able, at at least Adam Gase, was able to tame his interceptions down to a point where it was manageable at eleven. And so that's why I'm saying that I, I I do expect him to do that because he's coming to a team in Miami that has way better weapons than the year he actually had a successful year with Adam Gase, where he ended up two for one in the touchdown-to-interception ratio. You've got three receivers here. They added Julius Thomas. They've got a good running game with the Jai and pass-catching backs, too. Uh, I, just, I just think he's got a much better base here to have success. Plus, he was in... Adam Gase's offense the last two years. The year with Adam Gase in 2015, last year they kept Adam Gase's offense in Chicago, so he ran that that offense again, and now he's with Gase. So it's going to be three straight years that he's going to be in this offense, so he's really comfortable with the offense. All he's got to learn is the way the terminology goes here, where I'm sure they've changed some things. But outside of that, it shouldn't be that difficult of an adjustment. And here's the other thing. He's not Drew Brees mm-hmm. uh, or Russell Wilson, guys that are throwing two spots, and they have to get the timing right because the receiver, they're throwing before the receiver's making the break. Jay Cutler's one of those strong-arm guys. He's going to throw to somewhere where already the receiver has made a break, and he can fire it into that smaller window. Cam Newton can do those kind of things. So he's not one of those timing guys. He's a guy that's going to get the ball right there when the, when the receiver breaks. So, Again, less of an adjustment for him. So I do expect him to step in and have success with this team.
1: Yeah, and you said he has received. I mean, he's got Parker Stills and he got Landry, he's got Julius again, Anthony Fasano, and Jay Zayi showed us last year he could be a workhorse back as well. So he has targets. Was the feeling there that Matt Moore is kind of like, uh, I guess, a Ryan Fitzpatrick 2.0 where if he plays all 16 games, he's eventually going to get exposed and you look at him yeah. as more of a, a filling guy?
0: Yes, that's exactly, and, and this was smart by Gase because if you start more and then you got to pull him and all that, then you start losing him. Now you've got him back in his role. He's the backup. He's got, he, he prepares like a pro. He's good to fill in for a half. He, you know Maybe get you by a week or two, but if you're talking about an entire season, there's a reason why Matt Moore has been a free agent and nobody's come knocking on his door to offer him even a shot at winning a starting job anywhere. Because he's not a starting quarterback. He's a really good backup. He is what he is. And this way you've got him now in his normal role uh, instead of taking him out of the norm, which would be a starter, something he's probably not suited for.
1: Do you see Colin Kaepernick getting signed in a few weeks here? Hopefully, I'm hoping it happens before this damn rally that they're holding uh, in two weeks where who knows if he's signed by then. Do Do you see maybe the Ravens or someone else taking a shot at him?
0: Oh, no, I don't see the Ravens doing it anymore because the the back injury wasn't that serious with and He's supposedly going to come back in in weeks three or four of the preseason. So if he's going to even get back for the preseason, maybe to even get a little work in, then, then I don't think they have a concern. Hell, I would sign him in Seattle. Their backup, all he does is get arrested, Trevor Boykin. <laughs> I mean, I mean, talk about Kaepernick doesn't even. It, the guy's never been in trouble in his life. It's just mm-hmm. an opinion that's got him in trouble, which is stupid in this country. Last time I checked. That's what we fight for, the rights to say whatever you want. Whether you, you agree or disagree with it, big deal, move on. we got to move off from this thing. But I don't think he gets signed unless there's an injury to a team that runs something along the lines of what he's used to. In Miami, it would make no sense to sign him because you would have to change the offense to accommodate him. And you don't have enough time in 30 days to do that and and even if you do in 30 days you're not going to have a team that's going to be playing confident with that offense unlike right now in miami everybody's going into their second year in adam gase's system they're all comfortable Uh, now uh, the only guy that has to adjust a little bit is jay cutler that's it you can't do that in miami where everybody would be adjusting to everybody else here at the same time that would make no sense so it has to be somewhere in seattle in carolina somewhere where they run something along the lines of what he is used to, so that way it's a seamless transition. The other thing is, can you imagine if you brought Kaepernick into Miami, you change the offense, and then he gets injured, and now you've got to go back and change it again and go back to what Matt Moore could do, because Matt Moore could not do what Colin Kaepernick could do. So there has to be method behind the madness when you do all of this. Whoever signs him has to sign him to an offense that actually fits his skill set.
1: I would agree with that, but I do think in Baltimore it works just because Ryan Malish should be nowhere near an NFL roster. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, he, guy's, that guy's
0: horrible.
1: He's so bad. He, I mean, he shows up late to practice. The guy shouldn't even be on a practice field because he's throwing picks on the practice field, and we hear it day in and day out. Oh, this guy threw five picks in training camp. Uh, wait till he plays on an actual game; it'll be a nightmare. Uh, so I told
0: the story. I told the story uh, the year that he was coming out of the uh, out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at the combine. And I'm sitting there with one of the guys that I trust in this business, a scout, and uh, and he looks at me and he goes, I just got back from the interview with Ryan Mallett. That guy is a con artist. <laughs> if, I, if, if you've never met one, all you got to do is go talk to Ryan Mallett. I didn't believe 95% of what he was telling us. And he's been right on target uh, about Ryan Mallett. And, and to me, that's from the get-go, I've never been a Ryan Mallett fan because uh, I've been told about you know his party. Uh, ways uh, when he was in Arkansas and all of that stuff, and this is a guy that tells you that he wants to do one thing when he's completely doing the opposite when you turn your back.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's going to party it up, at least stop throwing picks left and right on the field. Um,
0: Dude, he was the guy starting the parties in Arkansas. (laughs) He, He wasn't just at the parties. He was the life of the party.
1: Well, as long as and I talked about this earlier in the show, I hate people who go to YouTube at parties and want to DJ the party through YouTube videos, and then the ads come up. Th- those are the worst kind of people in my mind. Um, sure, sure. So, so we'll leave the parting to Mallett and the and the quarterbacking to Joe Flacco there. But in your mind, do you think Kaepernick? The, do you believe in the whole blackballing thing, or do, do you oh, think yeah. you really? Yeah. So you don't think it's more about him just not being a starting talent?
0: Oh, well, no, the, the, he's being blackballed right now because they can blackball him mm-hmm. because he's not good enough. Mm-hmm. If, if, if he was balling and we were talking about the Super Bowl year or NFC Championship games that he went to, then there would be no blackballing because his talent would would overshadow the, the, the problems that he's going to bring to your team. Not that he's a problem, but it's just the attention that you're getting. You know, I've talked about this. Uh, Johnny Manziel is a different kind of train wreck than Colin Kaepernick is, and so is Tim Tebow. And I don't mean this in any bad sense, by well, except maybe the Johnny Manziel one because he's literally a train wreck. But what I mean by it, it's a different kind of train wreck that's coming to your to your town. And then you know the, the the Tebow thing, it's all the fanatical people, and then the media, and then the news media that gets in on it, and and and, and half of them don't know jack about sports, so they keep asking a quarterback. And he's not. He, and everybody knows that Tim Tebow can't start, or most people that have an IQ know that he can't start at quarterback. But they'll still keep asking about him, and so it becomes a distraction to the team. The same thing with Kaepernick. It's a distraction because you got to answer all those stinking questions every day, talking about the kneeling down and all of this, and the protest and all of that. And so it becomes a distraction. Johnny Manziel is a train wreck distraction because he's going to come to work drunk or he's going to do something stupid or something like that so it's all kinds of different train wrecks and then if if your talent doesn't overshadow the train wreck then they can blackball you and so yes you are being blackballed because your talent right now is not good enough that there is no team saying i'm a colin kaepernick away from being in the playoffs the second a team thinks that he'll be signed up right away but that's the problem because of the drop off in his play the last couple of years, people are looking at it going, "Dude, is this like Derek Anderson? That he had a, you know, and Derek only had one good year, got a contract, and didn't do anything again. But this guy actually had a couple of good seasons. Was he a product of just the system and what Harbaugh brought to the table, or is this guy really a real talent? And that's the problem. People aren't convinced enough that he's a real talent, so he can easily be blackballed."
1: Orlando Alzagheri, host of the Big O Show. Follow him on Twitter, at Big O Show. Uh, WQAM in Miami. Yeah, I mean, the guy who really got it good. I mean, Matt Flynn had one good game in Week 17, and this guy got paid a boatload. Did you buy into the fact that the Dolphins were interested in Tebow when Tannehill went down or no?
0: No, I don't think so. I I didn't buy it. Dude, he's trying to hit a (laughs) curveball in an off-speed pitch. He hasn't picked up a football in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't even get on the field with the sorry-ass Jets who had no quarterback, and yet they still didn't want to put him out there on the field. So, no, I don't. Look, Adam Gase is too smart of a quarterback's coach to to want uh, uh, Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. And what were you going to do? Bring him into what? To be a backup to Matt Moore? How does that make? I just told you you're going to change an offense for Colin Kaepernick. Are you really changing an offense for Tim Tebow? <laughs> no. I, I, come on, man. I, I, I give Adam Gase a lot more credit than that. That He's not going to be that. It, that that would be something stupid that Cam Cameron would do, or a clown like Tony Sperano that wanted to run the the Wildcat or something like that. I, 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 give, I have way more respect for Adam Gase. There's no way that Tebow was in the mix. I can't believe that.
1: RIP to the Tebow Wildcat days. Yeah, the Jets uh, fumbled that as they do fumble everything we talked about. Early they
0: butt-fumble th- with butt the Jets, remember.
1: <laughs> they butt-fumble everything. And I. there's a serious chance, I talked about it earlier, that the Lions were the first team since World War II to go 0-16. Now with World War III apparently upon us, the Jets could be the first team of World War III to go 0-16. Do you think it, the Jets will go defeated this year?
0: Uh, I'm going to say they win one game at least. Yeah. Uh, but it'll be it, it, it's going to be close, man, because their quarterbacks are. That's just a bad football team overall. The receivers
1: suck. So,
0: yeah, the receivers suck. Their quarterbacks are, are just so inexperienced, and so that's why they're probably really bad. Uh, I, I I can't and I can't see it. I mean, and things went awry on Todd Bowles last year, mm-hmm. so I, I just don't see him as some kind of magician with the offense, and that they're going to turn things around when they lack so much on offense. So this is going to be a really, really long season. But then again, with the possible quarterbacks that could be declaring in the draft, this might be the year to actually suck for whoever's being uh, taken in the top of
1: the draft. Yeah, it'll be a uh, dump for Darnold, basically, for the Jets this year. What's yeah. what's the outlook on the Dolphins? I mean, we could hand the Patriots the AFC East divisional title yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, are course. the Dolphins, you look at them as a wild-card team at 10-6, and 9-7, or worse?
0: I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're going to win 10 games. Wow. And I think they're going to have a shot at the wild-card. I really do, and I know it sounds absolutely crazy, and if you call me crazy, I can understand, because if you don't believe in Jay Co- look that's the beauty that's the other beauty of this jay colored discussion is i can make a case for him being you know a, a manageable quarterback cuz i don't think he's going to come in here and throw 35 touchdowns no. i just think you're going to be able to manage him Case will be able to manage him and, and and get the get the ball to the weapons and let the weapons and get the chunk yardage for you and that kind of stuff but i don't look at him as a savior the savior the guy's name is adam gates cuz i saw him And his team continue to win despite pro bowler Mike Pouncey out, pro bowler Rashad Jones out. The quarterback gets injured towards the end of the year. He benched a starting right tackle in Juwan James. He did everything you can possibly do to lose a team, Mm -hmm. you know, by, by doing what he wanted to do his way. And all they did was come closer and closer together and respond coach because i've i've watched a lot of bad coaching since shula left and and I, I see it this guy can coach so yeah i i see this team as a playoff contender because they have enough around the quarterback that if the quarterback comes in and just becomes a facilitator it's fine if you want him to throw 35 times then i'm telling you i'll be happy to win six games and, and Jay Cutler will be out of here with a quickness because that's not what you want out of Jay Cutler. It's kind of like Ryan. It's the same thing. You kind of have the same quarterback. You don't want him throwing 35, 40 times because he's not Tom Brady and he's not Aaron Rodgers or Dan Marino. You older Dolphin fans, that Dan Marino had no running game and no defense and you knew what he was going to do and you still couldn't stop it. Tom Brady can pull off crap like that. Jay Cutler cannot.
1: Orlando Alziger, man, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this Dolphins team and seeing how Jay Cutler does at a retirement. Uh, no, no more nude pictures from the beach. Uh, he'll be in a football uniform all year. Orlando Alziger, check out the Big O Show. Follow him on Twitter at Big O Show. WQAM in Miami, Orlando. Cepeda, he's at bat with the bases jammed. Uh, pr- appreciate you coming on the show, man.
0: Anytime, my man. Got you covered. Yes, sir. Take care. You got it. Be good.